Bills Fan Podcast. For December 28th, 2016, it's your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at NumBillsFan. And it's your co-host, Adam Deacon. Find me on Twitter at NumBillsAdamD. Okay. Well, we're here. Hey, listeners. We're here. Hope everyone had a nice holiday, if your holiday was this past weekend. Yeah, 2016 could kind of suck. Yeah, I'm that guy. Last quarter of the year for my life has sucked. <laughs> it could go away. I'm so over this year, but I can't blame a number. Uh, I should probably just reflect on myself and understand how much of a waste of life I might be and work on me. So that's what I'm taking from 2016. Like, let's finish stuff. Let's not do projects that I'm never going to finish, like a kitchen. Let's not do things that I shouldn't do, like be a bad boy. So... Don't forget, tonight, Wednesday, Numb Bills fan, we go live, 7 p.m., every Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. Sometimes I got to come in via satellite. It's, it's been happening, but I'm, I'm here today, so I hope you guys make it. It's going to be too late by the time you hear this, but you can always show up next time, like we always say. And if you miss it, just go on Facebook.com, Numb Bills fan, and check it out. You can also see past episodes. So, uh, what I was going to suggest to you all is numbillsfan.com has all of our content. And pretty much, uh, yeah, check that out. All of our past podcasts is pretty sweet. Some of them are not time sensitive. Actually, you know what? Yeah, they are. Um, at least for now. Because, you know, I, I we did do a podcast with a guy who was a Saints fan. We got the insight on Rob Bryan, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, so, lastly, that, by the way, on the Facebook thing, because I kind of forgot, it's brought to you by BillsForLife.com. I can't forget. You know what? We'll say this podcast today is also brought to you by BillsForLife.com. Because Chris Williams, that dude's awesome. Jamie Tilbury, that dude's awesome. The guys at Red Pinto Tailgate, like Nick Papagelis, that dude's awesome. You know, the Pinto guy, Ron, even though his name ain't Ron, that guy's awesome. His name's really Kenny, I think. I'm dumb. Yeah, it's Kenny. So, sure is. follow that off. Hammer's Lot, shout out for letting them do that Red Tailgate. And also, shout out to the Bills Mafia out there, still body slamming and... Really stepping your game up. Because when the resistance comes strong, your wrestling moves have gotten sweeter. A guy breaks his leg, and now we're seeing even more people jump off shit with other people. And I'm proud. And lastly, don't forget, PunchDrunkSports.com. They're a podcast, at PunchDrunk on Twitter. Ari Shafir, Jason Tebow, Sam Tripoli, those dudes rule. Check them out. It's a sports podcast about, well, sports. But it's unfiltered. If you like us, you will definitely like them. They're way better than us. <laughs> Excuse me, as I burp out my coconut water. So, um, you're ready to go, right? Let me, you want to come in, or am I coming in? I don't even know where to begin with this one. Do we talk about the Dolphins game? Do we talk about, oh my god, Rex Ryan got fired? Uh, hold on while I just Marcel Darius over here. 
Smells like 99 to me. I feel the Bone Thugs and Harmony song coming on right now. I'm saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Get up, get It ain't the first of the month yet. But yeah. Right. Yeah, so for, for those of you who are still listening after that, thank you. Um, where do you even want to dive in here? I mean. Well, this is usually where I cut you off and I just rail for 30 minutes. So, like, I'm yeah. going to give you the floor first. Or do you want me to take it? Because I got some I mean, momentum. I, I, Max, I'm ready to yeah, come in swinging. No, so. you, you, you look like you're in here Yo. raring to go, man. I mean, all my thoughts are on Twitter. Um, um, again, I've had uh, today. I was at a wake. Rest in peace, Frank Master Denau. I love you, and to his daughter who listens all the time. Thank you so much. Love you too. Um, she listens to us while she runs, and uh, Frank was a very big influential part of my life, and. Um, R.I.P. And he was a Bills fan, too. We we would always talk games. And, um, you know, it's been a... I I wish we could have got on the air on our usual Monday. So I I apologize for that. Um, But, you know, just trying to fit everything around everything. And with the holidays. Yeah. But but I will say... Crazy, crazy weekend. On Twitter, I'm always active. On Twitter, I'm always active. But let me freaking tell you something. I don't want to hear you people talk about Jim Kelly should be the head coach or the GM or Peyton Manning should be whatever. Look, Rex Ryan lost his job. There's a reason he lost his job. And you know where I got with Rex Ryan? I tweeted out in that game. I'm putting my shit on the wall right now that I called. Well, not really, but everybody kind of knew it was coming. That game against the Dolphins, I tweeted out very early. Rex Ryan will lose his job because of the defense. Because of this defense, he will lose his job. And what do you know? Nostradamus came calling and predicted the future. And J.H.I. again, after overtime, though, and a big, what, 57-yard run, ran for 200-plus yards on the Bills' defense. And you want to know something? The problem I had with Doug Marone, drink if you don't know that game, and it's taken me a long time to turn on Rex. And I didn't like turn on Rex because the Bills could have packaged him up again in, in, uh, in the words that they call continuity, which is everything they don't do is continue. So keep preaching that bullshit to me, Bills brass. Like, really, so over that. Well, let's see how this plays out, though. No, follow me, follow me. I'm following. We'll, we'll, we'll get to how that could play out, continuity. But telling you right now, I got the secret continuity theory. I was bashing my face against the wall when halfway through the season with the second year of Dog Moron that they decided to say, uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett said, uh, yeah, we put on some film of uh, C.J. Spiller to see how he was used. And it's like, to me, if you're a coach, put these guys in the best position to succeed that you have seen prior, and you still get the credit. Get your ego out of the way. You still get the credit. Look, Rex Ryan, your defense, that Miami game, was pretty much all the problems we had with Rex Ryan rolled into one. Miscommunication. The defense cannot communicate to each other. Guys are lost. And that communication situation spiraled out of control, and not to be redundant and and say it every episode, but when Aaron Williams got hurt, the communication all the way through that entire defense, front to back, back to front, it got shitty. It got shitty. And Marcel Darius actually confirmed that, saying that once we lost Aaron Williams, the communication was lost. And it's kind of cool seeing a player who, by the way, uh, from what I kind of hear through the grapevine, 
still smokes mad fucking weed. Like, yo, I hope you pass your fucking test, dude. I don't mean to rat you out on the fucking air, but, like, we give you a lot of money. I don't want to say F-bombs that much. But, like, really, like, don't do anything stupid because I don't think you're tradable. You came in fat. Your big reason is defense sucked. Okay? And you're not playing to your full potential, dude. I've backed you up this entire time. Please don't murder me when you see me. I'll give you a hug and be the biggest fan when I see you. But, dude, I will always tell you how it is. And, and, and Marcel? Yeah, and it's take like... It, no, take it from me, from a dude who has gotten way too fat and smoked way too much weed. It's a slippery slope, bro. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Dude, he looks like Vince Wilfork. That's one how day, fat he is. One day, you're a $100 million defensive tackle. The next day... You're doing a shitty podcast with your friend in his spare bedroom. That's missing a ceiling and insulation is just exposed. Just steer clear of the devil's lettuce, man. You don't have to be like me. This has been a public service I mean, dude, announcement. I hope this counts towards my community service. Like, is, is avid guys who could smoke weed all day. Like, I don't care. I could do it all day. And, you know, but the NFL, it's a big deal. And you're a part of the reason that this team on defense sucked. We missed you for, what, like seven games because you were out of shape and your hamstring or whatever the hell got pulled because, again, you're out of shape. You're hearing whispers from players this year, especially towards the tail end, from guys like McCoy, Kyle Williams, Eric Wood, that guys needed, or I think Incognito, I should say, instead of Wood, because uh, it's after Wood was hurt. That, they, that the players got to start doing what they're doing. They got to do the player things to do. And I think Rex gave these guys too much of a leash. And he really needed to rein these guys in. And he didn't. I don't think he tried hard enough, honestly. And, and I feel like the bad side of having the players coach happen in Buffalo. And at the same, because with the way the CBA is, you know, Rex hasn't had that good of a defense since this new CBA in 2011, and that's a big deal because you got to have your nose in the playbook and the reps with that with that scheme. And it's too confusing, and maybe, just maybe, it's passed him by. He has a, I thought, I preached in the beginning of the season and in the offseason that we are, or I said in the offseason, that we are on the cutting edge. Rex Ryan is going to be on the cutting edge. He's trying to drop more guys into coverage. He's trying new things to... to to fill passing lanes, which is a big deal if you're getting the ball out really fast. So it, it, it's it's like the offenses are schemed against Rex's defense where they figured out, okay, just get the ball out fast. He, he can't do shit. You know, and next thing you know, Rex still wants to have all these packages and players don't know when to be on the field. And there's 10 guys. Again, well, we're going to refer to this Miami game because we didn't do a review. We're going to refer to this Miami game. It's pretty much a microcosm of the macrocosm, which is Rex Ryan's out. Why is he out? Well, he's out because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's out because he doesn't know to pay numb bills fan at Twitter, me, $30,000 a year. I just want like two grand a game, dude. Two grand, so it's 32000 Give me two grand a game. I'll make sure your right personnel's out there, dude. I'll make sure your right personnel's out there, please. I don't need that much money. I'll even wear my I'll even wear my, my, my tracksuit, my Bills tracksuit. I'll blend right in. Alright? But you're a head coach. This team, the the Pagulas have supplied you with everything. And I've seen some rumblings on Twitter, and I almost wonder if maybe it's the Pagulas owning up to their mistake of hiring Rex Ryan. And what I mean by that is I've been a supporter, but you had a four three defense in here, and that front four 
was so solid. And I was, I'm all, I was all about Rex Ryan. Why was I about Rex Ryan? Because he's a defensive-minded coach. And you know what? I really believed him. He said it was number four. We're going to be even better. I thought he would at least, honestly, sustain it. But what happened is the same thing that happened with Doug Marone. Their side of the ball couldn't get their shit together. No, I agree totally. And, I mean, with Rex Ryan, I think it boils down to, to one thing mainly. I mean, it's never just one thing in particular. But I think the hype kind of sunk the ship. You know what I mean? We thought, okay, here comes this defensive guru, the 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 Ryan bloodline, the, the legacy, the pedigree. It's coming to Buffalo. And then what we actually got, I mean, if I want to summarize the last two years, was just a gross... <laughs> How should I say this? Um... Just a gross lack of attention to detail on the football field. And, I mean, we we saw it in spades versus Miami Saturday, you know? <clears throat> All of it, you know? Not calling that not calling that timeout when they got stuffed on that fourth and one. I mean, obviously Tyrod didn't, have, didn't know the play going to the line with that. Like, that was mismanaged. I mean... I got I got some beef with the uh, the whole like trying to ice ice the kicker thing like that you know they were trying to show the frame by frame like oh he he was late I mean I saw Corey White you know going timeout 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 like a madman before the before the ball was snapped I saw that but I guess that doesn't matter but just I think it I think it was like this game was the prime example of the again the gross. Lack of attention to detail. Uh, across, uh, across the board, uh, across the board, and, and it's just it's just staggering the, that that this defense took a step back the way that they did because you know you, you we brought in a bunch of guys on the coaching staff. We let Donnie Henderson go as the defensive backs coach, and who I think, seemed to be I think a technician. Yeah, he. I feel like he was one of the best in the business, to to be honest. And you brought in Tim McDonald, and then you threw Ed Reed on it. No, again, Tim, Tim McDonald was here, though. Well, I felt, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, I really just screwed you up. Can you just reset that? All right, so so Tim McDonald is, takes over as defensive backs coach, and they bring in Ed Reed as his assistant. And again, I think that's where, like, the hype's too heavy for the boat it's on. You know what I mean? We, I thought, okay, here comes Ed Reed, like one of the greatest safeties to play the game. He's only going to show these guys how to be better. I thought they were going to get fundamentally better at, at playing football. And it just seems like the coverage has gotten looser. The tackling has gotten worse. You know, even, even up front, too. Uh, we got John Blake in and, you know, let, let Carl Dunbar walk. And I, I feel like... We were better against the run last year. Against the, you know, here against the Dolphins, it just seemed like all day we were jamming up the middle. They were bouncing it out to the edge and just frying us, man. They had three 200-plus yard rushers on this Bills team this year. And and it's, like, really incredible because, you know, guys, for the record, um, now we have a lot of new listeners, and we have. Our podcast has grown. Thank you so much. 
Um, thank you to everybody who listens. But I want to be real with you. Um, I'm glad we started a podcast when when Rex was here. But I wish I, I wish we would have started a couple of years earlier because we could have seen personally the progression on my end of where I go with these coaches. And if you listen to me right. all the way through, and you too, all the way through up until this point, we've been pretty positive with Rex. But let me tell you something. I wasn't at first, though. If you remember, going back to the very beginning of our podcast... You had you kind of you kind of talked me into the whole situation because at first I was like, "Why did we get that guy? Did you see his record last year? <laughs> you know, I was definitely man. I should never I should never tr- hey, not man. trust my gut instinct. You want to know something, dude? You're not wrong, but here's how I looked at it: is I look at it like this. I'm going to give a guy like that the benefit of the doubt because Mike Patton was here. He made it work. It was a similar scheme. These guys should know some of the, the ins and outs. Um, and then Schwartz came. It was a 4-3 again. And then Rex is back. And and you got to see, though, like when you go player for player, all these players have made plays on this team within the last two years. Corey Graham made some good plays this year at safety. I think he actually improved compared to last year. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure Greg Moore should chew me out. Um, <laughs> Shout out but to I'll, Greg. But I'll ask Eric Turner at CoverOne.net what his thoughts are. And I'll be real with you. You can go down every player on the defense side of the ball. Aaron Williams was awesome. We just covered that. Okay? And I want to get back to Aaron Williams in a second. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander in the Pro Bowl. Uh, I don't know if he's top five, but I think he'll be top five in sacks at least by the end of the year. And... You got Marcel Darius, proven commodity. Kyle Williams, on fire this year. Jerry Hughes, proven commodity. Okay? Zach Brown was, like, killing it. Killing it. Preston Brown stepped his game up. Okay? Um, Darby, one of the top five corners in the league last year. The last I checked, at least for most of the year. Yeah. Gilmore, same thing. So these guys have all shown it, right? Here's, at some point or another, yeah. Right, right. So here's here's how I look at things. Is, for one, I got to give Rob Ryan credit because those linebackers got a lot better. Right, and I mean, he wasn't officially the linebacker's position coach. But that's but a specialty. That was, that was his role in the league for a long time, and I saw an improvement. Right, so follow me with this. With Aaron Williams, he provided the same thing that Jim Leonard provided for Rex Ryan's defenses, which was the safety makes a lot of the checks, allegedly a lot of the calls, a lot of the communication starts with them and goes through them. And they have a very good – I mean, it's like when you watch all 22 versus something else. You have everybody in front of you. You can see all the personnel. It makes sense. Right. But I will be honest with you. I, I How I was talking about how I wish the listeners were around, the new listeners, is, look – no matter what happens next year, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt for the first year, like we yeah. did with Rex, like I did with Doug Marone. All right, you're going to wheel Nathaniel well, I, I don't know. It depends on who it is. No, I didn't. First hey. of all, though, it depends on who it is. Hey, man, I was behind Marone when they hired him. I thought it was a good hire. I thought it was like Chip Kelly light. And But when I saw the offense being played and I saw them not using the guys the way that we've seen them be successful – where I feel like they shot like one or two screens to Spiller on uh, their first year. I- I'm looking at it like this. When 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 Mar- Doug Marone drink again and uh, 
Daniel Hackett roll out their offense year two, and it's not really improving, like, at all. Um, and, and obviously, you had a rookie quarterback, EJ. You had a lot of things. But there are also things that have worked in the past that we've seen work with, with, with a lot of that personnel, and a lot of those parts came back for them. Well, Rex Ryan had the same situation. And I gave him the benefit of the doubt year one and threw about defensively. I gave him more of a leash than I would have thought because I looked at the first two games like Aaron Williams is out. Darius is out for four games, um, which turned into seven. That's another topic that we kind of already hit. Um, but you, you got you got things like Aaron Williams plays for actually starts now for the four straight games instead of being in rotation, and they go on a four-game winning streak. <laughs> yeah. And that dude gets hurt, uh, what was it, week seven or something against the Dolphins? I think. Was that week seven? I forgot what week. Yeah, but, I don't know. But he, Darius didn't play that game. I know that. I think that's because he was injured. So I could be totally wrong. I'm sorry if I forgot the schedule because I'm that bright. Yeah, whatever. The devil's lettuce. Um, I just, you know. Don't do it. So <laughs> I, 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 it took me like halfway through the season, at least halfway through the season, I was giving Rex the benefit of the doubt. Let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. And then the defense started showing one half of very good football. And I'm like, all right. Okay, Seattle. Oh, they allowed like yeah, if, what under under fifty yards of offense. Okay, okay. You know what? If the Bills can put up points, well, what happens? The Bills start consistently throughout the year putting up goddamn points to a point where yeah. they're seventh in the league. No, but you're absolutely right though. So many games felt like there was like one really really good quarter and one really really bad quarter or uh, half rather. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Like if they were killing it in the first half, it was like, "Oh no, like I don't even want them to come back out of the locker room at halftime." And you know, like then like when I'm down cuz they're getting their getting handled in the first half, they come out on fire and I'm just like, "Yeah, like I want four quarters of, like, the good bills. Exactly, and that's what we were waiting for. And then what happens? The Steelers come into town and set franchise records for themselves. And the Dolphins come in town and run 200 more yards on us. Yeah, to be fair, we set franchise records on them, but we lost. And you can pin that loss on a lot of different things. We'll get to that, I'm sure. You yeah. know, you know who I'm pointing at. You know, you you know I'm ready to blame Dan Carpenter. I've been I've been saying it for like a year and a half now. And you, One of these times, he's gonna lose us a game. Just you wait. Uh, I wish I could and, take and, him back. And you want to know something too? Is that ship has done its thing too, and he cost the Bills returns. Um, I was always against the kickoff specialist. Yo, he cost the Bills a head coach just now. Yeah, but also, dude ran it out 39 yards because dude couldn't kick it. Carpenter couldn't kick it in the end zone. That's also what I'm talking about. Like, damn, yeah. dude, I'm all about a kickoff specialist. You don't. I, I am back on board with the kickoff specialist, man. I was always against it. No, you need a guy. Not, nah, dude. Yeah, get the gay guy. Not, not the gay guy. Jordan Gay. Get him back. Whatever, man. I, I would rather see. I would rather. See, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm serious. Yo, I'm about sorry, this but point. I'm sorry, but I would rather see Jordan Gay shanking kicks than than Dan Carpenter. And Dan, I'll have a beer with you, or a coffee, or smoke some weed with you any day of the week. We'll smash some helmets around. I really don't think that Dan Carpenter is that bad, but I feel like I think he got injured last year, and I feel like he's been off ever well, since. Well, you don't think he's that bad, but he's that bad. He's second 
to work. He's 31st overall in field goal percentage. That's pretty damn bad. I mean, it's 75%. It's, he's, he's missed six out of 24. Right. It's not good. That's 18 points that, that he left out there. That, that's another, that's a whole other, like, point per game and change. Right. That we could have just, like, tacked on drives. And that's not even talking about the extra points he missed. Five of them. Five. Not good. And then, so that's a total of 11 kicks missed. And, you know, the way I look at this team is I really found myself, after that Dolphins game, thinking, you know, I, it, it, it's like when somebody disappoints you so much, so much, that you're just like, I don't know how to defend Rex Ryan anymore. I, and, and I don't want to feel like I should defend him. But I do feel a duty amongst myself to, to really try to put out some objective freaking media coverage here. I, I, I was still defending him. <sighs> I was like, well, yeah, but we got stuffed on a fourth and one in the first quarter. So, like, I guess you kind of should punt because if it happens again, then it's like first and ten with 41 yards to go. Dude, it's I, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I called I, I, de- I defended it, and, dude, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You got to go for it. You got, you know, the, the one time Rex Ryan doesn't pull his balls out, as, as you always say. Like, where where were the balls? You know what, though? They say that he was better with Buffalo with those decisions than he was in New York. He was less conservative. Um, but I, I will say, though, I, I was so irritated. I called up WGR, and I talked to Nate Geary for the overtime show. Shout out to Nate. Love you, Nate. Yeah, Nate's great. And, um, you know, I called in. I just I should have saved the call and just threw it in here. Probably on WGR audio call. Um, it is. I, I, I looked at it. I, I called up, and I pretty much just said, like, Look, I. the only way I think Rex saves his job is if he packages, somehow he has Thurman as the fall guy, brings back Mike Patton, and somehow, and he has to get rid of his brother because people aren't going to buy that, and he puts Mike Patton back somehow, mends that relationship, yada, yada, yada. And I also talked about the punt, and it's like, I told him, I go, maybe he knew his defense couldn't stop a turtle in glue. And that's the truth. Like, yeah, that, I, like, I really don't blame him because the series before, the Dolphins had a three and out. So I cannot blame Rex Ryan for punting there. I'm sorry. I, because he knew that they're just going to run the ball eight measly yards. The dude just kicked a 55-yard field goal, which was the ugliest fucking kick I've ever seen in my fucking life. It was so off, dude. It was just stupid. I was like, there's no... He shaked the... Uh, how the hell did that go in to the bottom right-hand corner? Yeah. It looked like a rugby... F- it looked like somebody punted a fucking basketball. It, it looked like somebody threw it through the goal. Yeah, like like a knuckleball. Like, how the hell did that... Only in Buffalo can Buffalo kickers look, look knock... I don't care about the waves. Look what you're doing to the software right now. Look, man, it's spiking off the freaking chart. Back up from that mic when you yell. <sighs> You're going to break my $30 headphones. Dog, don't. Uh, uh, I got I got one. Yeah, I got I got one thing. 
I got one thing to say about Buffalo kickers. It's like only Buffalo kickers can't kick in Buffalo. You agree? Yeah, I agree. Well, at least these last three or four years. Well, no, I mean, Dan Carpenter's only only been roughing it since Rex got here. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. I have to, I have to assume it is. Look. But it's just one of those things that you don't want to have to worry about. Like, why can't we get our Adam Vinatieri or our, you know, Sebastian Janikowski or our Steven Gostowski or, like, some other really Polish-sounding guy to come in here and just fucking nail it? Just Can we just get, like, a metal dude from Poland? Like you're saying, like, a dude who just can shred? Yeah, no. It, or that black it, dude. It has to end like, Kanowski. Or, or that one, like, that, uh, seems to, that seems to be the ticket right now. I want the black dude from uh, the Raiders. That punter. Can he be a field goal kicker? Yo, I just want to like, I just want to chill with that dude. I, you know, I, I hate that we lost that game. But when he picked that flag up and started dancing with it, that was like one of my favorite things that I've ever seen in my life. And then when he called out Roby Coleman for being a snitch on Twitter, that only made it a hundred times better. I was laughing my ass off. And the fact that somehow he's been inside Kim Kardashian while she's with Kanye, that makes him even cooler. So, like... Oh, wait, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, that's the rumor that he was poking Kim. You nice. know how she is about those NFL players. Nice. Yeah, dude. Yo, it's two speak. Eskimo brothers on the field at the same time with Reggie Bush in him. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Reggie, Bu- Reggie Bush is about to break a freaking record right now, though. What's that? First running back to finish the, the season with negative yardage with more than 10 carries. <sighs> Yeah, but they gotta have an asterisk of trick plays. And honestly, if you hate that play to Reggie Bush, then you hate the flea flicker. So you no, can't no, go no, down no, that no. Way. I was I was like giggling like a little girl on that flea flicker. That's my favorite play ever. Like going back to Tech Most. I was just gonna say, yeah, because yeah, I I was always I've always been a Bills fan, but when I played Tecmo, I was the 49ers. That Montana to Rice flea flicker was my go-to. It was deadly. It was almost cheating. <laughs> Dude, Rex Ryan is fired. I can't believe it. Rob's gone too. I already miss him. We're we're shaped very similarly. He's he's taller. What's what well, we got another we got another thirty. Big round belly though. I like we got it. another thirty, so let's break this down here. So one thing that's been talked about is Russ Brandon's role. In this, and um, what I will say is this: is Russ Brandon is a marketing guy. I respect Russ Brandon a lot. I think he does a very good job at doing what he's supposed to do, which is keep. The, he's a big reason that the team is kept in Buffalo. He's a big reason that um, this team makes money, and yeah. he hired the best guy, Rex Ryan, to put Buffalo on the map, and we did. But of course, in Buffalo fashion it was just a tire fire it's so billsy this this end to this season is the most like bills ending to any bills season it's so typical but i mean this bills fans being like yo russ brandon's gotta go and the reason the reason besides the fact that they're being absolute turds for no reason is because he's like the only guy who they haven't swapped out yet you know what i mean and the same with Doug Whaley's. You got guys going, and him and Doug are buddies, but you got guys going. 
Man, Doug Levy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't... Okay, uh, guys, 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 look, look. Ladies, gents, in-betweens, Zs. Um, look. The general manager, their job is finding talent for the team. And there's many ways to go about that. There's three. There's the draft. There is free agency. And there are trades. There should be open tryouts, though. I'm totally there. True. Sure. Because they'll get enough reps. I don't know how far I could kick it. we got to find out. You don't know until you try, This right? is true. This is true. So, to, to go on for a minute here between Russ and Doug Whaley is, I really do not believe that Doug Whaley has been involved in the coaching hunt. And... I don't think Doug Whaley I, – I think Doug Whaley could be sold on Rex because of what Mike Patton did with the personnel before Schwartz came, even though, it, you know, I'm talking Patton, Schwartz, Rex, okay? And, yes, there's a lot of turnover from even Mike Patton's ears. But you had the front four pretty much um, the same when Rex came in. And, you know, these guys – I think they can. I think these players can only retain so much information right now, and you have to have a killer work ethic to really work. I think in Rex's scheme, if and I think Rex trusted his players too much. But right, Darius talked about that a little bit too, and he talked about with all these guys, and a lot of them being young guys and new guys, swapping into the rotation. There was just too much for them to go out there and play fast defense. When you lose a step or even a half step, especially a step, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to react? You're, the you're, play's you, over. You need, to, you need to simplify and get it so everyone can go in there and play fast is exactly what he said. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a football player. But that makes a shitload of sense to me. If you were to ask me, if I'm Doug Whaley, if Rex Ryan is a guy that I definitely want at the time, um, you would say you could be talked into it. But as far as the personnel side, where you guys are just playing awesome out of a 4-3 with Jim Schwartz, and I am not a Jim Schwartz apologist. I'm sorry. He wasn't that good against the run either towards the end of the year. So I don't even at least halfway through. I don't want to hear about Jim Schwartz. Um, as a head coaching candidate, you could actually sell me on Schwartz, believe it or not, because people say, look at his record, look at his record. Dude, he had like... Years of bad drafts before he showed up there, and yes, they did go 0 16 when he was there. But he had years of bad drafts before then. Okay, and he couldn't win with Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson. I get it. Um, you could talk me into Jim Schwartz again. I don't know. I don't know actually. Take that back. But I'm just saying, Russ Brandon and the Pagulas. I firmly believe had a bigger hand in bringing in Rex Ryan than Doug Lee did at all. And the reason I say that is. Immediately, Bill's PR was putting out there, Doug Whaley is leading the hunt for the coach. And the thing that really rocks my world a little bit is when the Pagulas bought the team, the first thing they said is, Russ Brandon will be ahead of nothing football. Doug Whaley will be the head of the football side of shit. And Russ Brandon's going to be out of there. Well, Russ Brandon's still in these meetings. And at the same time... People want to bash that, but if there's a guy I trust, their opinion objectively, 
why wouldn't I want him in the room? So I can't blame the Bagulas necessarily for having him in the room, having him have influence on these decisions a little bit, because he's going to let you know it's going to sell tickets. At the same time, the one thing the, the Bills have not done is tried selling tickets when they've held on to a coach for a while. That's one thing they haven't done, is try to sell tickets. Because you can go down the schedule every year and see games that will sell out. Okay, it's really disgusting because in every single division, there's going to be diehards. Yeah, it might be filled with other teams, but what quarterbacks are on those teams? Pretty good ones. You got Oakland next year. You got Drew Brees coming next year with the Saints. You, you know what I'm saying? You got you got some good ass teams coming, and you also have your divisional guys like the Dolphins. That's always one that the old school fans like. I still love Dolphin games. And I just want to squish the divisional rivals and you'll get Jet fans to come out. You know, so what I'm getting at here is the Bills have never tried. They have never tried to stick to a coach and sell tickets. Well, that's why Russ Brandon's great is because he looks at it from the marketing side. And with Rex Ryan, hey, man, I think we've had the two highest season ticket totals ever was the last two seasons, I believe, or at least right. one of them was the highest. So not to keep cut, not to keep rolling, but... Um, I look at it like this. I'm glad Doug Whaley's heading this search because Doug Whaley knows the personnel. I don't understand what people want him to do. If you want to bitch about Doug Whaley, okay? I made a mistake of saying Doug Whaley brought in Hughes because if you say he brought in Hughes and he brought in EJ Manuel, which, oh, by the way, could still be one of the best picks of that draft. Um... And this draft coming up, FYI, is supposed to be as bad as that draft for quarterbacks. Don't even talk about yeah. anybody. And if you even mention Chad Kelly, I mean, I'd support no. it. I'd rock it. But that would be the worst thing to happen to Chad no. Kelly. No, 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 no. Exactly. Bills fans are too stupid. And <laughs> dude, they really are. I mean, I had it on 1280 Wham, and a guy's like talking about Peyton Manning. At least you're subtle. Man, it would be great if we get Peyton Manning as a, as a GM. Man, it would be great. Man, it would be great. Have, what about Jim Kelly? Why don't we just call up Jim Kelly? Why don't we just call up? No, why the hell do these people want to do that job? And who says they're qualified? Because like I said, check this team. These guys that, throw footballs. We just went over the whole defensive roster and. Okay, has Doug Whaley nailed first-round picks? No, but I'm not going to live and die. I mean, we're going to live and die off that Sammy Watkins pick all day long. But as some people have brought up, if you look at the numbers for pass attempts and all, all the shit on the field, like, he's not bad, Sammy Watkins, at all compared to everybody else in that draft. He's not. He's kind of up there. And, look, we talk about sticking with somebody. You talk about, we talk about patience. All these Bills fans, they talk about, you know what, we, we just got to give a guy three years. We just got to give a guy five years. We just got to give. But then the going gets tough, and you guys don't want to do it. So now all you asswipes, a lot of you asswipes out there want to get rid of Tyrod Taylor. What is Tyrod Taylor doing? He is progressing. But Doug Whaley's going to get hammered on because he can't find a quarterback. Quarterbacks are very hard to find, and oh, draft one every year. When are they getting the repetitions? They're not. They're not getting reps. You can't make more reps to get. No, you can't. You can't. Or you can do what they did the first year with Rex Ryan, which is have Castle, EJ, and Tyrod. 
and you're splitting reps. You're you're doing and then you pretty get, much double practices. And you got the Sims kid getting in the man. And, okay. And you got dual practices going on at the same time, pretty much, pretty much two squads. But then players are dropping like flies again due to injury, and and it's like it's like with Doug Lee, I feel like he's brought in so much talent that has proven itself. I, I want to go down the list in the offseason and see how well quarterbacks did when their top receivers are out. You're hearing about Sammy Watkins not practicing on Wednesday. Charles Clay not practicing on Wednesdays. You're hearing about Robert Woods out for a long time. How are you supposed to get better when these guys aren't on the field? They're not on the field working on their reps. It, it, it's like, how are they, can, can Tyrod get the benefit of the doubt? He finally progressed a little bit. At the Dolphins game. Best game of his career. Man, he looked outstanding. I felt like he manned that offense. He looked like a legitimate professional quarterback. I'm sorry. Once you show it, I believe in you. Sign me up. Let's tap back into it next year. I don't care if you got to bring A-Lynn and the whole crew back, at least for offense. They're the number seven offense. I don't want to see them just blow this up. But what the I hell? Mean, maybe maybe they do, maybe they don't. But the thing about this coaching search is it's very it's a very interesting situation for the for the perspective for the perspective head coach of this team, you know? Because you got <clears throat> a, a guy who you maybe can make the call on at, at the quarterback position. You know, you got Tyrod if we if we are prompt in figuring out who our head coach is, and by the way, Vic Carucci from the Buffalo News is saying like it's perfectly reasonable, you know, to assume that Anthony Lynn might get this job. So I mean, there, there's rumors circul- circulating that he might be the guy already, and that's going to be a very a very short, you know, quote unquote hunt for a coach. Which but I, it, it needs to be because there are so many decisions to be made, and we might not even recognize this team the next time we see it after this Jets game because we got to make the decision on Tyrod. We got to figure out who our coach is. That might mean a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. I mean, if they bring in another head coach, like who knows? Anthony Lynn might go coach somewhere else. You know, look, we don't we don't know that. But then, on top of that, you, you know, you got Tyrod, whether you activate that option or not. And then there's 20-plus other guys who are going to be free agents if we don't get them re-signed. So, I mean, I think that might be part of the problem here is there's so many guys playing the last year of their deal or playing on one-year deals. Yeah, but how do you bitch about Doug – like, to piggyback on your point, back to what I was saying, too, is like, how do you bitch about Doug Whaley when all these guys have shown something uh, – I'm not denying that at all, but it's just like you know we got we got great play out of, you know Lorenzo Alexander, exactly. Zach Brown. I mean Corey White showed a lot of flashes, but their price also just went up. Those flashes are expensive, you know. At the same time, they love Reggie Ragland. See Tasker went on board saying he was the best defensive player in camp, which I found hard to believe. I was like, really. Really? Because last podcast, I was like, man, I'm not putting my stock in a guy who's never stepped foot in a live game. Um, because that's just how objective I want to be about it. Um, but from a guy who has his ear to the ground and, and Steve Tasker, I would trust his judgment, maybe even just being a homer. But that guy knows more than me, so I'll take his word. 
Um, but I, I will be honest, do they bring in a guy like Gus Bradley to run the defense if he wants to resurrect his career? I mean, you got a guy who players love to play for. It's Seattle. That's what everybody wanted to be is that defensive deal. And if Gilmore's out, and I don't know if, if Darby can play more of like a zone scheme, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not a talent evaluator. But now is the time to do it because you got to find a damn safety or two. Okay. Or three, because we have injury issues here for right. whatever reasons. And 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 what I'm getting at is, you got to find a safety. You got to find another cornerback. Um, your defensive line can do its thing still, and your linebackers should be able to fit somehow. Because if Zach Brown bounces and you got Preston Brown and Raglan, I mean, I don't know what they're asked to do in Gus Bradley's system. I have no clue. Um, rumor has it you were talking to me about it that Eric Turner at cover one really likes. Yeah, no, he he. De- I saw him mention that I think on Facebook. Um, and he's a guy that we really trust. Cover yeah, one dot oh, net. No, his 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 football knowledge blows us clean out of the water. Right. Um, but what not you- to like poo poo us, you know, because we do our homework too when we can. And uh, no, but you know, he said it's unlikely, but. I, you know, if I was Gus Bradley, I would come here to be defensive coordinator. If you combine Gus Bradley, okay, who's a guy that will that players will want to play for, you got that players coach aspect again, but it's a different rah rah voice, okay? It's somebody that's proven it in this league very recently with Seattle. Again, it's all gonna matter who our head coach is. Are we going to get an offensive-minded guy, defensive? I think guy? the and simplest way to go would be would be Anthony Lynn. As... I want it. I want it because it's that secret continuity that I referenced at the top of the show. It's continuity. It, we fire our coach, but retain the offense, the offensive playbook, and build off. You know the twenty five, the twenty five and change points per game we averaged this year. You know what I mean? So like. That works for me, especially if, you know, he can be instrumental in saying, hey, pay this Tyrod kid, you know, it's worth it. Look, I'll be dead honest with you. As far as Tyrod is concerned, I really don't think they want to get him hurt. If you haven't heard, EJ Manuel is going to start. And and Anthony Lynn, they, they trotted him out there, and a lot of people are shredding the team. They're, they're, they're trotting him out there to – the media and, and the owners and the GM isn't talking, isn't Doug Whaley, Russ Brand ain't talking, um, nobody's talking, which is okay because, again, it's a Wednesday. They have Wednesday press conferences, the coach, business as usual, man. Like, I don't find it a big deal. I don't think that the national criticism, it's a big deal. You know, that, that Buffalo media did not give him an easy first first day at the podium, though. No, they did not. They were they were giving him all the questions he couldn't answer. No, no, you're extremely. But you know what? He handled it like, like a G. Well, more like a P, and I mean professional. He had all the he had all the proper coach answers for every for every question. You know what I mean? Look, here here here's the thing. Is is if you're a head coach, right? Don't you – okay, Sal Capaccio brought something up, and um, 
Sal Capaccio and, and Bulldog were talking yesterday. And they were bringing up the point that Tyrod Taylor's contract next year might actually be a deal for what he could put up in free agency. And Bulldog brought up a good point saying, like, man, I'm watching that Denver team, and I'm thinking if they had Tyrod Taylor, they'd be like a 12-1 team. And, you know, that game that Tyrod had against the Dolphins is a real head-scratcher for everybody who's like, get him out of here, get him out of here. It's going to be very hard to upgrade from him, and the big point of this whole thing is really, if you're a head coach, you want stability. If Anthony Lynn is willing to stay on as offensive coordinator, if they don't promote a head coach, and I would assume maybe you bring in Aaron Cromer to run that offense, because Aaron Cromer, I thought, did a good job in Chicago. They had a pretty interesting offense in Chicago um, under Trustman. So when you have a, a, a guy looking to come in as a coach, if you have Tyrod Taylor lined up, that's pretty sweet. I think that's the real reason that Tyrod's not playing. Because they don't want to get him hurt. I really think that's the truth. Let's see what we have in EJ Manuel. Do I think it's really fair in one-game tryout? No. Do I think that's really what it is? Maybe, but what if EJ Manuel, nobody picks him up right away, and he could be affordable to bring back, and you, again, yeah, see what's up. I mean, Forget that noise. What if, he just has to play well enough to get... To get picked up by someone, and we probably get a compensatory pick for it. Holla! Right. So, I mean, as far as worst-case scenarios go, that's a pretty good one. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what I'm getting at is I think if you're a head coach looking for it, I think you want Tyrod Taylor. And if you just look down at the numbers and you go, okay, what, 19th-ranked defense right now, 7th-ranked offense in points, and, oh, by the way, Tyrod Taylor is ascending. I don't care what anybody says. He is statistically ascending. He has to be. He's making more throws that we've been looking for him to make. He's found Charles Clay 12 times in the last two games, which is probably more than he had five games prior. So, when I, totals. And, I mean, the deep ball is alive and well. We saw, that, we saw that come out a couple of times. What did you know? Charles Clay, LaShawn McCoy, Robert Woods. And who else? Sammy Watkins, all on the field at the same time. And guess what? You guys want to rip on Doug Whaley? You want to rip on whatever? You know what I think an unsung hero of this offense has been? Has been Marquise Goodwin. He's been very consistent, making great grabs and very consistent. People want to talk about Chris Hogan this. Well, guess what? They had Greg Sales. Greg Sales got hurt, okay? Marquise Goodwin, I feel like he has stepped up into that role Perfectly fine. I don't notice a drop-off. Look at how many receptions Marquise Goodwin has, because I don't know right now, but I see him catching the ball at least a couple times every game. Yeah, I mean, he almost had a touchdown this game, which I thought was pass interference, but hey, no, they weren't flagging for that, at least in the end zone. So if you come into this game, to, to this team, and you're looking for a job, I think you want Tyrod Taylor there. You want to keep oh, that yeah. number seven offense, and... All you got to do is fix the defense. Danny, I mean, unless Danny Crossman's got to go. Unless you're a guy walking in who's got a better plan for the for the quarterback position, but it usually doesn't work like that, you know. If they put Cardale Jones in, it's so busy. Let the kid develop. I'm sorry, just I know it's hard to. We all want right to see it. We all want to see it. I know you're you're curious, just like everybody else. But Bills fans are too stupid. Just let it. 
just let it be. Just let it be, because if he's not ready, you can't make a you can't make a second first impression. You know. No, and and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty pretty well said. I mean, let, let's look at let's look at it like this. You know, a few years back we had that Jeff Tool kid here, and he threw the ball up a couple times in preseason, and you had a bunch of people being like, oh. Throw that kid in. Throw that kid in. I thought he looked better than E.J. Manuel in camp. I'm not even kidding. I thought he looked way better. He was making these touch passes in camp that E.J. Manuel couldn't make. Yeah, I thought he looked like shit against the Kansas City Chiefs, all right? And that's a problem. That's the exact problem, man. It's... And I I just don't want it all... I don't want that situation again. Just let him him be. Let Let him get some time, you know, to come up in the league and maybe, just maybe, depending on... What happens all over this team, this roster, this coaching staff, everything? Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. Take God it. Bless you. Take it. I should. I should hit the little mute button over here, but uh, I didn't. So deal with my sneeze. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air. There's a lot of dust to settle at One Bill's Drive right now, and we, we're not sure who's gonna be where. You got guys like when dude, when OTAs start, you know. We gotta we gotta get our guys back from uh, the Detroit Lions podcast because you got a couple prospects in uh, Terrell Austin and Jim Schwartz up, and Terrell Austin is the defensive coordinator for the Lions, and uh, apparently their defense isn't really that good. Um, but he did go to school, played football with Doug Whaley and Pitt, so there is that connection. Let me um, let me throw this name at the wall. Tom Coughlin, a lot of Bills fans are are chirping for that dude. Can I give you my theory on Tom Coughlin? Yeah, go ahead. And, and just to throw it out there, he did interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, right. Today. Look, here's my views on Tom Coughlin. And I'm going to look at the other side of the coin at the end of the point. The first thing you need to ask a Giants fan is this. And you're going to cause an argument. Usually you would argue this, but you, you use them hammering down this point to make your point. So uh, follow. If we had more time, we should we should have called Timmerman. Uh, actually, I was texting with him about this. The first thing a Giants fan is going to do if you ask them is Eli Manning, a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're going to say yes. He has two rings, right? Well, why? Did Tom Coughlin's team have such a hard time consistently winning, I'm sorry, but a mediocre division of the NFC East with the Cowboys, the Eagles, themselves, and the Foreskins? Like, why? Do you follow me? The Foreskins, they suck for a while. They sucked for a long time. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles had a couple of lean years, too. And it's like, but then the flip side of that is the Bills played that division last year and lost all those games except for the depleted Cowboys team they played. So it's like there's that, too. So I don't really know how good or bad that division is, but when the Bills play them, they tend to lose. So, So it's like. You know, and and Tom Coughlin was there a lot for those games, and they lost. The Bills, I should say, the Bills lost. And so you can make a case for Coughlin that 
you know, everywhere he's been, he's built it up into something great. Um, you can sell me on Coughlin. Those fans want him because he can beat Brady. True, but that, that that's the logic here, and I don't I don't buy it. It does it doesn't work like that. Just because he has beat Brady doesn't mean he will come here and beat Brady. And he beat Brady on two immaculate catches. And to me, I don't I, I don't. I don't see Buffalo fans giving him enough time. I, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. And at the same time, I would love to see it happen. I would support the man 100%. Um, you could definitely sell me on Tom Coughlin. I think, it's a, I think it could be a great move. At the same time, he had a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, yes, he won two championships for sure, for sure. But he had a Hall of Fame quarterback. And Giants fans will say it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he couldn't just, like, sweep that division consistently? I don't know, man. I don't know if that's a guy for us. Because they missed the playoffs a, a good amount of time, too, the Giants. Um, especially after they won the Super Bowls. I don't th- I think both times they didn't go back the following year. I think one time at least for two years. And, um, you know, just... I really, really, really don't know if Tom Coughlin is really that guy. I mean, I love the idea. Um, at the same time, what, what, who, who could be? I can't wait to rack our brains on this, but like, I don't want Jim Schwartz. I don't. Right. I mean, real quick on Tom Coughlin. Fun fact: No NFL head coach has ever won two Super Bowls as head coach with two different teams. Not two Super Bowls. No, no, no head coach has won a Super Bowl with two teams. They also got to be given time. There's so much circumstance. I'm not shocked. You know what I mean? There's so much circumstance behind that fact that that I'm not shocked. I mean, shit. You know what coach I really like? Andy Reid. I wish we could give away like three first round picks for Andy Reid and maybe like Marcel Darius. Like that would be sweet. Um, stop now. No, I'm serious. Three first-round picks. Yeah, Andy Reid's awesome. Yeah, okay. No, he is. Yo. We could just send Jeff Knight out there. He looks exactly the same. Don't rip on Jeff. I miss that guy. Good guy. Back tired. This podcast is over. Um, Coaching change of Buffalo. A lot of thoughts out there. Just to, to give you a conclusion here and some thoughts. Don't buy the media hype. Don't buy the hype machine. Keep your heads up. I don't think it's that bad. This team is pretty close. I just think that if you blow it up, if you blow up the offense, if you take away the coaching staff from the offensive side of the ball, now keep in mind, Anthony Lynn might not want to stay unless he is that coach. There could be that too. At the same time, I think he would rather have a job and continue to have a, oh, by the way, his first crack at installing an offense himself. But you could also make the argument, well, if you're going to install an offense anyways, maybe get rid of them. No, 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 no. At least the terminology, I believe, like, should stay the same. And he gets to do, he gets to build off of what they did. He knows the personnel. He doesn't got to come in and learn these players, communicate with them. They were very successful at a lot of things. Right. They did a lot of things really well. There's a lot of things that they didn't do very well, too, but... Look, the passing game stats were down, but when you run as ridiculous as the Bills did, it's not a thing. And Tyrod Taylor is a big part of that. 
the reason that the run game was so successful. And at the same time, if you're looking for your quarterback to progress, okay, well, he has been slowly, but he's careful with the ball, and he has been. And let's be real. If the defense played this season where it needed to be, this team, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We need to get the defensive side of the ball fixed in, I believe, special teams. We need to get that side of the ball fixed now. We have too much talent. How much longer is Kyle Williams going to play? You know, and honestly, Jerry Hughes hasn't showed up much this year. I don't know if that's because they're paying more attention to him. That's what the coaches will say. Or I'm not going to accuse him of anything because I don't know anything. I don't know Jerry Hughes. Um, But I will say, I think we're closer than we are farther. And if you blow up this offense, you're going to be behind the eight ball even longer. And I think A. Lynn, no matter what, needs to say, find somebody to run the defense. Yeah, for real. Don't forget, you got anything else on that shit? Nah, no. Follow me on Twitter, at NumBillsFan. I have a lot of updated stuff. Um, I'm always commenting, always making, especially around this time of year with this stuff. And, um, you know, it's our first time going through a coaching search as a podcast. So this should be, God, I love the Bills. When we talk about it, they just perennially won. Right. When do, what, where were they when we started? They just hired Rex, right? Right. Yeah, okay. It was March of uh, 2014 or 15? 15. 15, yeah. So thank you. This has been podcast a lot. I think like 102. 102. Podcast 102. That's it? I think so. No shit. Okay, so podcast 102. Meh. Something like that. com has all of our past stuff. Don't forget, Bills for Life presents our podcast. They present our live show Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Facebook.com, NumBillsFan. And, and don't they for- got a dope group. Bills Mafia, 56,000 mm-hmm. members. Make sure you get in on that if you're not already. If you're not, I mean, you're missing out. Biggest Bills community on Facebook. You can't miss it. Just type it in Bills Mafia. It'll come right up. And lastly, PunchRunkSports.com, at PunchRunk on Twitter. Love you all. Thank you for listening. Please interact with us on Twitter. I'm always active. Deacon does this thing on Facebook here and there. And I'm not really too big on the Facebook but uh, he just popped up a live video of instant reaction, so check that out to the coaching deal. Um, and again, last point on Rex Ryan. My end was your mistakes showed up again. Bagulas wanted accountability. They asked you. They gave you the resources, Rex. You didn't make it happen. The same exact problems from the year before. That's where I felt with Doug Moron. And we're back, baby. So that's it. See ya.